Oh, hey. What? What's that sound? Is that? Is that? <laughs> Santa, are you here? <laughs> oh, hello, Budget King. Well, Santa, I didn't think I was a good boy this year. <laughs> well, you would be oh, right. You are very right, actually. I've actually begun making house calls to all the naughty children. Oh, good. And Budget <laughs> King, you're on the top of my list, and that's not fake news. <laughs> you caught me in my skivvies. Well... I've been a good boy, too, so <laughs> win-win here for Santa. Well, Santa, did you come for the Naughty or Nice episode of First Issue Club? You'll bet your bottom dollar I did. Well, you really must have a terrible life, then. Well, Mrs. Claus has kind of kicked me out at the moment. I've been uh, boozing around with Rudolph and all the other reindeer, <laughs> so I've been kind of... Uh, Thumbing around the the Midwest, <laughs> and you and you came to a shitty comic book uh, podcast. Well, I've heard uh, bad things about this, and I had a couple of extra pieces of coal in my bag, so I thought, why not? Let's go visit the the uh, club members down at First Issue Club. Well, thanks, Santa. I really appreciate it. I ho- <laughs> hope you hope you really get a chubby off of this one. I'm halfway there. <laughs> I've got a, a chub chubby. Okay. All right, uh, Santa, if you don't mind, I'm going to gag you and put you in the corner while we record the rest of the episode. <laughs> Hello and welcome to First Issue Podcast. This is our first episode of what we are calling the variant edition of this podcast. The variant edition of this podcast is where we break what we're normally doing, where we talk about all the hyped books coming out weekly, and we talk about something else. And this week, we're talking about that wholesome experience of that very first book that got us into comic book collecting. So uh, if you're into comic books, check it out. You know, there's a bunch of different podcasts for everybody. You could be into liposuction. You could be into clowns. (laughs) You could be into liposuction and clowns. (laughs) And there's a podcast for you. But if you are moderately into comic books or you are way into comic books, this comic book is for you. All right. So who do we have in this holiday club special? And what was the best lie you told all year, Naughty Club club members? Naughty Club members. Go ahead and put that one in there because I said club. I said club. <laughs> First issue, Club. Club. (laughs) This is Budget King, and my whole life is a lie. One big lie that I told myself was that I wouldn't really care and love this podcast, and boy, has that been untrue. (laughs) The other lie that I told myself, or told my wife many times was, I worked up this new thing where I say, uh, if she's like, why did you spill that? Or, uh, why are you... uh, slamming this in the car door and I just say I didn't know <laughs> that's your default <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know yeah. why is there a hamburger in the uh, sink I don't know I didn't know I used to nanny a four year old <laughs> and he would his favorite thing when I would ask him like something similar would be I can't know that <laughs> which I thought was the fucking I, I just smartest thing know that. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, that the- I can't know that Caitlin, the, so... Hmm. That four-year-old totally just schooled my <laughs> bio, diabolical I'm, lie. I'm trying to give you some help here. Yeah. Yeah, so mine's... Fine-tune that. Yeah. There's my lies. Sorry, Santa. Uh, this is Greg Lichtai. I almost forgot my name there. <laughs> this is Greg Lichtai. It's like it's the first episode. Yeah. Um, 
I try not to lie that often, but I definitely do uh, stretch the truth until I can make it the truth. Like, I'll be like, uh, case in point, Caitlin will be like, hey, the dish is done. I'm like, uh, yeah. And then I know she's going to the other room, so I have to rush into the other room and then do the dishes mm -hmm. because I, in fact, have not done the dishes. And I'll do that in, like, work, too. Like, hey, did you send that email? Oh, yeah, totally. And then I have to, like, send the email and then <laughs> kind of doctor it up so it makes it look like I sent it. Like, oh, Has that, yeah. that ever bit you in the ass? Not yet, and I'm just going to ride that train until yeah. it does, really. Greg, the time manipulator. Through <laughs> lies. Time, you time travel through lies. Lie manipulator. <laughs> I am Caitlin Morosic, and I think my best lies would be when people are talking to you about, like, what they're doing in their lives, and they're like, yeah, I'm doing this workout, I'm doing this recipe thing, I'm meal prepping, and all that stuff, and I just launch into wildly inaccurate things that I'm doing or planning to do. And really, I think that's what it is. Like, in my head, I have the best intentions. And I've probably saved and printed out so many articles about the same thing. And so I just launch into that, hoping that they can't see. And some of these are people that I talk to on a regular <laughs> basis, so they definitely know it's not true. <laughs> so they're, they're like, how, how are the butt, butt implants going? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How's that meal prepping? <laughs> what? Still saving up, man. St saving up. Got yeah. a budget plan, and uh, I know like, about it's budgets. just uncontrollable. I I don't know why, but I feel yeah. I tell them you're my financial planner. Yeah, and I am, <laughs> which is why we're in such ruin. <laughs> I'm a king. I'm not a master. <laughs> you're, not a, you're not a maestro. Yeah. Uh, my name's Mike, and my biggest lie this year is that. I don't know what happened to that big strand of beads, um, and hopefully, like hopefully, I keep avoiding some X-rays because they <laughs> haven't come out yet, and um, eventually, maybe they'll return. Who knows what kind of shape they'll be in when we get them back? <laughs> become a part of you now. Yeah, they might have melded into me. I've had a lot of stomach issues this year, and I just keep kind of av avoiding it because I'm betting it's probably. Yeah. Some, something in that bead paint. <laughs> you kind of hope just the acid in the stomach. I can't will take even care comment on it. I'm so <laughs> taken aback by <laughs> crazy. Well, it took so long <laughs> to get that stuff up there. Um, you just want to like enjoy it for a while, and then it starts to escape. Yeah. I don't know if you were going with like rosary beads or like uh, Mardi Gras beads. No, nope. <laughs> just about beads. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you always tie like fishing line to the end of it. So totally. Oh, now, yeah. now I know. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, sorry. I wish I was there to help you out. <laughs> yeah. Invite Greg next time. <laughs> All right, let's get this podcast started. All right, guys, so Crimson is the book that got me into collecting comic books. It was created and illustrated by Umberto Ramos, written by Brian Augustine, published by Cliffhanger Comics, which was an imprint of Wildstorm Comics, which was an imprint of Image Comics. Um, I think that's a signifier of the time frame this came out. I was 13 years old. This book came out in 1998 at the time, like, Every single publisher had like a million shingles. And I don't think they do anymore. I think they all got bought up. The book starts with a kind of creation story. It's written like it's a 
secret alternate version of the Bible that none of us know about, where God also creates beasts like dragons and several different types of human-like races. races. Some of them are soulless. Um, after that setup, we jump ahead to like modern-day New York, where we meet this kid, Alex, the book's main character. He's a troubled high schooler, and he's going out to chill with his buddies in Central Park. Um, and right away, they get attacked by a gang of scantily clad, very sexy, and super ripped vampires. After getting bitten, Alex is saved from being eaten alive by by this guy, Echimus, who is the last one of the one of the ancient races that God created years ago. Echimus is like Alex's Obi-Wan Kenobi sort of figure who's guiding him through coming to terms with becoming a vampire. So I read it again in anticipation of recording this, and I thought it was so funny because I was like, oh, I really identify with Alex, this, like, main character. And so, like, I started dressing in my big old fatty jinkos. Hell That's yeah. Like what kind of, this book kind of, like, turned me goth because, like, all the characters in it were, like... I can see that, yeah. Yeah, like, wearing, like, buckles everywhere and shit like that. I ne- I was never that out of control. <laughs> but I wore black. There's no... Yeah. I'm, there are certainly pictures that I'm hiding from my fiancé right now. Uh, <laughs> but, but none that are, like, that bad. Why are you in a corset now? <laughs> yeah, very cool. <laughs> a medium where you can't see. I'll Instagram myself after this comes out. They so won't can, believe it. Yeah, black great. lipstick is a nice touch. <laughs> Obviously, like photoshopped off of me. <laughs> um, so I was showing Greg this book before we uh, started the podcast, and he was like, "Wow, this is in really good shape." And I think it's funny. I wanted to note that. Uh, I thought this book was going to be worth a million dollars because this was the first book that I like had the number one issue and it had like a really good story that related yeah. to me. And I was just like, this is the next like fucking thing. Yeah. Like, and I kept it in, like, I kept all my comics in like primo condition. So I've got like all these old books that are like the Green Lantern's funeral and mm-hmm. like Wolverine losing his adamantium, like all these like iconic nineties books that are like in mint condition. That somebody'll give you twelve bucks for it, con. That yeah, right. <laughs> twelve bucks is better than nothing. <laughs> worth, like, especially this book. Like I looked it up on eBay, kind of like rehashing it and researching it. I could not find the cover I had, which I think is probably mm-hmm. a, which might even be a bad sign that, like, no one gives a shit about. <laughs> Here's something an, I, I, an American entertainment exclusive variant fuck cover. <laughs> Here's something I wanted to bring up. I think that everybody here is, like, a never-seller or close to a never-seller, right? Yeah. Are you guys never-sellers? I've never yeah. sold a comic. I, I think that is be a, a very typical thing of, like, the 90s generation of kids that grew up with all these baseball cards and basketball cards and football cards or whatever that we were promised would be like worth so much and they are just utterly worthless yeah. and all I have is like the meaning of like <laughs> they, they meant something to me then mm-hmm. and now I'm just like I'm, I don't care what they give me for this book I'm just I'm keeping it yeah. like this you is gave mine. Us, you give us way too much credit because I'm thinking of like Pokemon cards, Harry Potter cards, and Beanie Babies. Damn. And you're like, you know, sports stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> I have plenty of Magic the Gathering cards <laughs> that uh, need to be recycled. Yeah, you can you can definitely buy a lot of 30 Ken Griffey Jr. rookie cards on eBay for like a dollar. Like mm-hmm. people are like trying to give them away. Yeah. It's just useless cardboard. And so, I, I pine for the day when I when me and my kid can I can be like, welcome to my cave of valuable shit yeah and it's 
I likely it's not going to happen. It's going to be welcome to my cave of me never growing up. <laughs> this is where your college tuition went. Yeah, yeah right. Think of all the money you could have had. Yeah. This is the fire hazard in your house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're going to inherit this bullshit. Yeah, and this you will one it day out. be yours. Vintage paper. Oh, so hard to. Have you guys moved much since like having started comic book collections? They're so oh God, that's the, hard to move. That's literally the fight every time. Yeah. yeah. I always see horror stories on Facebook about people who have their comic book collection in like U-Hauls and they're moving and for whatever reason they don't get strapped down correctly and they open the U-Haul door and they're just like scattered everywhere like a bag of leaves had busted open and they're all bent and stuff and I see these pictures and I just crumble because I'm like, oh my god. (laughs) I got homeowner's insurance just for my comic book. You did. (laughs) We are thinking about doing that. Are you? Yeah. We have renter's insurance right now. Yes, we do. It's Yeah, it's probably... Included in that, it is. I bet it is. As much as we're saying that we our comic books hold zero value, yeah, there, there are de- like nothing can happen there to are them. Definitely, yeah, right. Some comic books that I would like lose my mind if I lost. Yeah, them. for and, sure. And comic books that I've bought in the last like yeah. two years that are already like pretty, pretty sought after and I yeah valuable. I have this I have this weird thing. I get like a book that I'm like so jazzed about. That I'm just like, I'll I'll be like read this like you guys have to read this or like I'll pass it on, and I have no fucking clue why I did this, but I did that with Saga, and so like my Saga number one oh, is up. is smudged, mm. and I'm just like fuck my life. <laughs> you could probably still get like a hundred bucks for that book even with the smudge. Yeah, just I, my my goal is to meet Brian K. Vaughn one day and have him autograph over the smudge. And uh, <laughs> 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 it feels okay. so stupid, but. Every time I buy a comic book at the store, I go like three books deep into the stack. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've never, yeah, yeah. I, can't, I can't. And I'm like, I'm such a loser. Yeah. You're an amateur if you grab the first book <laughs> off the stack. And that was Crimson number one. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. This episode's going to be two hours long. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, let's leave all of it in. Yeah, I I'm agree. fine with it. My um, my my book that got me into comics and my book that got me into collecting are two different ones. And because I haven't like been collecting as long as the other members of our club, I decided to go ahead and do both. The comic book that got me into comics was Madman by Mike Allred. And X actually left this uh, like the series that he had with me. And I don't think he realized it or not. So I was like, all right, I'll read these. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I hope he doesn't listen to this or because now he knows. I so hope you do. You like, missed out, buddy. Um, he's going <laughs> to come get them back. But um, it's a, it centers around Frank Einstein, a combination between Frank Sinatra, I think, and Albert Einstein. And it was like the purest silliness and sentiment, like the marriage of the two combined. And I was like, Hooked from the beginning. It was so much fun. I also have a background in mental health counseling, and I think I was figuring it out at the time. And his, like, he has, like, some amnesia things, and he's also, like, I looked actually at a list of his abilities today to, like, prep a little bit, and one of them is, like, straight up listed as empathy. And I just think that that is hilarious. (laughs) Like, my superpower is being able to put myself in your shoes. (laughs) Like, I was, but it made a lot of sense to, like, my attachment to it. Um... He, yeah, so, like, he was raised from the dead by experiment. He has some amnesia. He's, like, in love with um, Joe, Josephine, and 
the names of the characters in the series are hilarious. And I love them every time, like, I remember, like, Dr. Flem, he meets Mott <laughs> from the planet Hoople. Like, there's a, there's a character, Mattress. That's just the name, Mattress. Like, it's all just really fun. So that's what got me into comics, first of all. And then when I started collecting was much, much more recently— I worked at Hastings. Do people know what that is now? Oh, I know what Hastings. Okay. Oh yeah, <laughs> they get their own variant covers of comics. I only, yeah. I, I only know, only I, I know. only know about them because of their variant covers. Yeah. <laughs> so I worked at Hastings, and I like would just, I would be on break. I wouldn't really be on break, but I would just be like reading, like sitting in the back and just reading these books. And um, that's where Craig Thompson, my obsession with him, started, and like graphic novels, and then. Scott Pilgrim, like, manga-style stuff. I really got into that, too. Uh, But then when I really started wanting to buy them, take them home with me, and have them as a collection was Vision, the 2015 series. And I think Greg came home with the first one, and I was like, "Uh, give me that. Because the cover art was really, really cool. And then the second I opened it, I was like, what? (laughs) I need to know. And I think some of the movies had already started coming out. Like, Age of Ultron was later, but, like... Mm. Or was it around the same time? I think it was around the same time because they had the book come out right around the time because Vision was just being introduced in Age of Ultron, I believe. I had a loose understanding, right. I will say. And I, I think this is something that big comic book publishers do a lot is release a book around when the time like they introduce a new character in a movie just for like buzz and it's normally a throwaway shitty comic. But Vision is one of the best runs of like any comic I've ever read. It's, it's so good. It was amazing. I was looking at the ratings today and they're still like just all tens, like at least on Roundup. It was like yeah. so many people just losing their minds and being like, this is perfect. That book won so many awards. Like as it should. Yeah. It just really swept up. They even did a director's cut of it now. I think I saw that. Yeah, which I don't... Because I freaked out, and he's like, calm down. It's okay. <laughs> You're going to be all right. It's not a new story. It's just fine. <laughs> yeah, there's no commentary. <laughs> but yeah, so like, if you don't know, it's it's Vision, who was created by Ultron, and he um, just wants to be... He's kind of just, like, all-powerful, and so he really... Reminds me of One Punch now that I'm thinking about it. Like, he can do everything, mm-hmm. and he just wants to be human and ordinary and normal. And so One he, Punch, if you ha- don't know, is yes. an awesome anime that you should check out. Oh, so yeah. good. I think it's on Netflix right now. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Vision is a little like a One Punch Man. And he, but he, like, since he can do all of this stuff, he just makes his own family. Thinking that, like, it's weird to me, too, that he thinks, like, yeah, 50 sitcom family is what's going to do this for me because that works out for everyone, mm-hmm. clearly. <laughs> but he's, like, got the nuclear family, like the picket fence. It doesn't – it's, like, beautiful, but it's aching, and it's significant to me, the whole story. And it's definitely not the picket fence life that he wanted. No. Um, but, yeah, you should definitely check it out if you have not already. Well, and you said that you have, like, a, a background in mental health, and I thought it was funny that you chose Vision because – he deals with that. He, he, he like the vision is like the the moral middle ground. He's always just like, what is anything? Like what is good? What is bad? What is uh, like he questions everything and tries to find the logical answer. And I thought that was kind of interesting that you chose that book because you kind of deal with that and try to help people figure out a lot of things about themselves. Yeah, and like his stuff with Scarlet Witch too. Like I mean, it's all very present in the book. Mm-hmm. Like it's just he's kind of tortured a little bit. Yeah. 
But and and like you said, moral ambiguity is kind of his playground. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't know that he wants it to be that way, but he just is. All right, for our next book, the the comic book that got us into collecting is this is me, Mike, the Budget King, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My book is Chew. <laughs> Put out on an image yes. from uh, John Lehman and Rob Gilroy. Chew's so good. It is so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is a book that has been running from 2009 and recently ended in uh, 2016. Um, I'll talk about the first issue, then I'll talk about how I got into it. So the first issue... We find out that there is a person named Tony Chu, not spelled like the book. The book is spelled C-H-E-W. He is Tony Chu, C-H-U. Uh, <laughs> and he is a detective in Philadelphia. He has a power. He is what's called a SIBOPATH. And that means that you anything you eat, you know its origin. You know everything about it. It instantly becomes like apparent to you and that is so overwhelming as a power that all tony chu can eat is beets because if he eats anything like a tomato or something like that he will know like when it fell off like all of its like mishandled like nature or especially if somebody cooked it and like there's some blood in the tomato sauce that he's eating that could lead to a bunch of stuff some stuff for instance, like solving crime. So very quickly, he uh, he does some weird stuff. He eats a person's face. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, because he can like find out crime stuff, right? And that gets him fired and hired by the <laughs> FDA. All in the first issue, uh, and the FDA is this like superpower group of people finding food crimes. And in the Chew world, the epicness of this Chew world is that cooking chickens or having chicken for food is illegal because of the bird flu. And so you, you, you will spend the next however many 60 issues of that figuring out why oh, there can't be chicken and why there's a bird flu epidemic and all of that kind of stuff. Um, this is not a comic book I would typically get into based on just, like, knowledge of, like, stuff. Like, I'm not really into, like, cops solving crime and things like that, but the eating of, like of stuff, the gruesomeness of that, uh, at least piqued my interest. And so I was, I was applying to, uh, grad school at the time and wasting a lot of time on like just, uh, buying digital comics and like going through them whenever I would want to procrastinate and actually got into grad school and that continued. And so (laughs) I, uh, I found out that Chu was still being published. I went and grabbed uh, number 23 because I was so into this idea and like wanted to know this story. And number 23 is the first book I ever chew. I put on my pull list and I love it. One of the highest compliments that I can pay Chew is that, so I've always been a casual fan of Chew and I love going in and just like grabbing like a single issue that stuck out to me when it came out, like Mm -hmm. right off the shelves. And it tells like a really fun story from beginning to end. In a lot of comic books, you have to read, like, the whole thing leading up to it to get into it. And Chew was just such a fun book that you could just grab it off the shelf yeah. and really enjoy it. And it kind of each issue kind of wrapped itself up in a nice bow. Yeah. The other thing that it does, which I love, is it's super, like, meta-comic-y. Like, they'll, <laughs> they always, like, throw on, like... 
um, Tony's daughter will always wear like shirts of like like battle pug or like a shirt that's like <laughs> kind of like relevant. Like I think there's like a saga reference and things like that. Nice. Um, so they like super know where their niche is, and there has been talks of like this being a show for like ever. It would be such a good show. That's mm-hmm. yeah, the, I would definitely pr- watch that. The premise is like so unique and original. I really like it. If 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 you have a used bookstore near you, like look to see if they have any random collections of chew. That's chew. I love it. Go check it out. Yep. Chew chew chew. Okay, so first I should probably preface this little spiel I'm going to do with saying that um, comic books have always been in one form or another in my life. I remember as a young kid, um, every Sunday we would get the newspaper and and it would be the big color funnies that you would get. And me and my brother would grab that section the first time, as soon as the newspaper got on the front door, we would grab it, rip the comic book section out and spread it on the floor and just read all the comic books of the little comic strips and... I mean, we grew up on Calvin and Hobbes and Foxtrot and uh, for better or for worse. I mean, I remember just reading those on my grandma's kitchen table and just like, I never really laughed at them. Like, <laughs> the Sunday comics get a real bad rap for not being funny. But they, I, there's a good chance that if you like the Sunday comics, you are going to love comic books and you're kind of the people who we they are have, trying to reach right now. They have a special place in my heart, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, like, but... Um, <laughs> Can you imagine what they would be like for the books that we're reading? <laughs> like, opening up a newspaper right. oh, and like, God. what is this? <laughs> so many breasts. <laughs> <laughs> so many sexy vampires. <laughs> well, hell yeah, I'm in. Um, but, okay, so I, I I didn't get into comic books really until high school when my friend uh, Stephen Gant would go to the comic book shops and because he was a big Batman fan and he he asked me he's like why don't you just come with me and like see if you find something that kind of piques your interest and there was one time we went to the comic book shop and there was this comic book uh, towards the end of the aisle called Invincible it's by uh, Robert Kirkman and Cory Walker and uh, for some whatever reason I was drawn to that book Uh, I picked it up and I was flipping through it and the first thing I noticed was Cory Walker's illustrations and holy shit they just zapped me right in from the get-go like his artwork is so clean and vivid and it just dry it just it pulled me in it, it pulled me in so much that I was just like okay I will spend four dollars on this book and I bought it and I took it home and I read it I think 18 times that night I mean it, it just resonated with me and what this book is about is it follows um oh shit I forgot the lead <laughs> character's name already this is so bad uh, oh, I'm having a fucking breakdown. Is his name Invincible? I have not read No, it. his Can name's not Invincible, but his name is Mark... Mark. The story follows Mark Grayson, who is a high school student, which maybe is why I was so drawn to it, but he was a high school student whose father, uh, his name is Omni-Man, and he is a superhero from another planet. And uh, so it starts off with Mark waiting for his powers to come because his dad told him that, you know... I'm from, I'm an alien, essentially, from another planet, and I have these superpowers, and eventually you will get them. So he's kind of just jonesing to get this, for his powers to kick in, kind of like 
Mike's characters in Crimson, like it's kind of like a, a, a superhero puberty story. I mean, you're growing up and you're kind of realizing your body's changing. And, and for Mark, they're changing in really spectacular ways. I mean, in the, at the end of the first issue, it's not really spoiling anything, but he, he falls off a roof, but he's floating in air because his flight abilities have kicked in. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just kind of zooms off into the sky. But later on in the is- uh, series, it deals with some pretty uh, heavy topics like rape and abortion and sure. uh, murder and <laughs> should superheroes be murdering. <laughs> And your, so, your dad uh, being a dick. Yeah, your dad being a huge dick. <laughs> huge asshole. A lot of that. Especially if you hate your dad, you're going like, to kind of like this series. Because <laughs> yeah. they deal with that a lot. Every villain in every comic book is my stepdad. And I just, I hope they just get the ever-letting shit beat <laughs> out of them. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Heavy. Uh, I don't know how to feel. Yeah, same. <laughs> Can you tell us why we're feeling this way? <laughs> Help us through this difficult time. (laughs) I'm uncomfortable. I hope you call your stepdad just random villain names from DC and Marvel. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Freeze. (laughs) Mr. Freeze. (laughs) Hey, Satan. I thought you said Mr. Freeze. (laughs) (laughs) Satan. The ultimate. Super villain. We, I'm going to end this. We have to go. Everyone <laughs> do your signature sign-off. <laughs> Starting with Mike Russo. Go. Fuck uh, you, Dad. <laughs> Seth, Dad. My, my, my real dad's a great guy. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. God, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I've just been uh, like obsessed with this book, and there's like uh, 150 issues. Oh, it's crazy. And uh, a little bittersweet note, it is coming to an end in 2018. Robert Kirkman is uh, is sealing the deal. Writer of Walking Dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. ever heard of him? Yeah, <laughs> and several other books that have been turned into shows. So Which is this, just nuts. Yeah, this is yeah, a whammy of a book. It's great. I remember walking into my comic shop and looking at Walking Dead, number one, sitting on the shelves and thinking, man, zombies are so trendy right now, I'm so over it. Oof. What and a like, fool! Not picking it up. <laughs> Fuck me. I I what had a I similar do? story. I had I've held it in my hand and I thought God. another uh, zombie book. No, thank you. And I put it back and I kick myself to this day. Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's tough. Comic book collecting is not for the weak of heart or the light of wallet. Right, <laughs> that is definitely true. You take That's a true. risk on a lot of books. It's like having a smoking addiction. (laughs) (laughs) Naughty or nice, these books were nice. We gave all of these the nice. nice. (laughs) You guys, I got some questions for you. If we were to want to talk to First Issue Club on Twitter, what would we do? Hit us up at at First Issue Club, and we're always going to write you back. (laughs) What if we wanted to do some uh, Instagram stuff? Where would we go? Well, you'd also go to First Issue Club on Instagram and look at our funny little pictures. And Caitlin, how about uh, emailing us or uh, Facebooking us? That's uh, First Issue Club Podcast at gmail dot com, and Facebook is First Issue Club. Yeah. Yes. F I R S T. Correct. Ooh, Facebook. <laughs> Don't be naughty. Be nice. Talk to us. And here's the best question of all: What if you wanted to leave a comment and a review? Budget would King, what would they do? Forever. I think they'd drop a five stars. <laughs> oh, oh, no. oh, oh, five stars. <laughs> five stars.
Five stars, five stars. That's the Home Alone song. Five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars. This is a joke that much like fine, 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 fine wine. It just gets better the more the the older it gets. Yeah, and in fact, this this joke is one of those jokes where. Uh, it's like a curve, mm-hmm. so it's like it has a deep valley where it's just not funny anymore. But then you 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 pin you reach that pinnacle, you come back up, mm-hmm. and just like Jesus, you've saved yourself <laughs> and you've laughed yourself silly. Yeah, you might have a moment where you sit back and ask yourself, "Is this a joke?" <laughs> and it's not. It's not. It's not at all. No. But that's what makes it so great. See, we're kind of just like for. Andy Kaufman's mm-hmm. at a table. Yeah. Five stars are what line our pockets. They're what pave the uh, ways of this chocolate castle that we record in. Oh, our fudge mansion. Yes, fudge mansion. Um, and so you put those five stars, that's five stars in our pocket, and we will have a great Christmas just like I hope you did too. Santa, let's untie you. <laughs> well, that was kind of fun. Thanks for sitting through all of that, Santa. You got any thoughts on comics? Oh, well, as you know, Santa really can't read. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's kind of an unknown thing. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Well, I get by. Well, guys, I hope all your comic dreams came true this year. Join us along for lots of adventures. We got crazy shit coming at you for all of the next year. Lots of first issues, lots of clubs, lots of fun, lots of dick jokes, and it will never end, and I hope you never end listening to us. We love you dearly. Rate us for five stars. Don't put that in. Don't, you don't need anything from you. You just have your merry fucking little Christmas, and you just do whatever you want to do and enjoy listening to this podcast. Yeah, be an individual. <laughs> yeah, just be be yourself. Be the best you that you can be. This, this is the greatest Christmas gift I could ever give anybody. Is just say, just like be yourself. Yeah, take take just like that. Don't, don't be a fake. Take that Amazon gift card that you got for Christmas. Rip it up. Walk yourself down to the nearest mall. And I'm talking physical mall. Buy yourself a brand new pair of Doc Martens and strut your ass out of there. <laughs> yes, preach. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll see you in 2018. <laughs> Bye-bye, baby. <laughs> Greg Lecti signing out. Budget King, see ya. I'm Kayla Ross. I can all show myself out. Bye. Bye.